have a little prayer then and see where the Lord takes us. Am I registering? Brilliant. Wednesday, 5th of March. Title is, uh, is the week nine of the Beatitudes of King and His Kingdom. It's the title. Um, but first let's have a little prayer, see where the Lord takes us. Father, thank you that you're doing a new thing. And Father, all we need to do is to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches and prepare to be amazed, astounded and astonished. Because what you're doing will witness to our spirits so much and just make our spirits leap with joy from that which we've had up until now. So Father, give us a foretaste. Uh, grant us eyes to see, ears to understand, hearts to embrace what you're doing. Uh, for Jesus' sake and in his name. Amen. I feel like to uh, actually start with this because Joyce and I are on the prayer warriors list. And when I read this, I thought, that's scary. This, sometimes they will give us a prayer to pray. And this is all to prepare for the Way of the Warrior Conference. Um, so I'm going to skip over to page something or other of my notes here. Here we are. So uh, what I've said is just listen to this. Um, I've, I, I'll go back a bit. What I was saying was I, I know I'm eager to start teaching on warfare such as I know from personal experience because we're all called to fight whether we like it or not and and if you're married loving your husband or loving your wife is spiritual warfare because the enemy actually seeks to sow division and strife that's why we see so much of the stuff about so just listen to this for a moment for something to aim for it's from Graham's office prior to their conference this month uh, the way of the warrior and this is Graham's crafted prayer just see what you can pick out from this because I picked out a few things that would have been would be very helpful for me in in, in actually in, in terms of praying father we thank you for this opportunity to learn more about your goodness and greatness we thank you and bless you because you are the mighty warrior you are our true model for what a warrior looks like so, Father, on a personal level, I ask for a spirit of revelation to speak to me and to prepare me now for what you want to show me and teach me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you go before me now and make a way for my heart to be ready and prepared. Show me the things that I will need to let go of so I can take hold and step into the new position you have for me. Father, I thank you ahead of time that this conference will bring forth a clearer picture of my identity in you, that I will walk forward into a new love relationship with you, that you will stir my heart with such love and tenderness that it will burn and bring forth a new desire within me that cannot be contained, a desire to fight a warrior's fight in a new way for this season of life that stands before me. Father, as a company, we declare that this is our honour, our privilege and our right as sons and daughters of the living God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We say yes and amen to the way of the warrior and what you have for us. We choose to be trained as warriors and take back what is our inheritance given by our Heavenly Father and bought through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Our families, our children, our land and our nation are all part of his inheritance. Therefore we proclaim to the enemy that no weapon fashioned against us can prosper. From the beginning you have been cursed by the Lord of hosts. Genesis 3:14 and 15 With the authority in the blood of Jesus and in the authority of his name, I invoke the ancient curse spoken over you by God himself. I declare the power of my enmity that I have been promised by the Sovereign Lord. I have been given power and authority to tread on serpents. I bind your power to affect this event. I proclaim that delegates will rise up and become warriors. I proclaim that they will take territory in the spirit. They will become strong and serve the Lord with power. Therefore I loose a new anointing upon them so that they will take hold of their favour and permission to overcome. Father, we ask you to release a spirit of breakthrough over this event so that your warriors and champions will be fully empowered. In Jesus' name, Amen. Heap powerful prayer. And notice that he's praying this in advance of the conference. And he prays for himself and the church and those who will be present. He's preparing the ground so that when the conference takes place, the heavenly places will have been opened and for God to come down in power. Did you know that we have the ability to punch a hole in the atmosphere? Did you know that that's what the prophetic is all about? It's our right and our privilege as believers to take our place before the throne of grace and to petition, declare and proclaim about forthcoming events to prepare the way of the Lord. May be new to you. This is the difference between church and kingdom. This is the difference between pew sitting and being active in the kingdom and in the army and understanding what you're doing and as Graham would say, messing with the enemy's head. Do you see how the prayer goes through phases? He starts off by thanking the, the Lord, he blesses the Lord, he asks, he declares, he proclaims, he releases and finally he asks for a breakthrough spirit over the event. What do you think he'll get? Mm. Breakthrough. Just studying this prayer could help us a lot in our own prayer love. I know it's going to help me. Before we had the last uh, baton meeting, I was really praying for the Lord's protection for angels and all sorts and I saw the cloud over St Andrews and knew it was there. So I knew that when we went in, God was going to do something. And I've had feedback that people are in, you know how people came forward in the afternoon session, that they are in a different position. Circumstances have come up. Kate's husband, for one, his, his, his company were treating him very badly and he usually wouldn't say a thing. And the, the boss said to him, what's the matter with you? And he told him. He's moved into a different place. And Joyce said she knows she's in a different place. God did something there where he closed the door on one thing and opened the door on something else. And it will work out in your life. You may not be seeing it at the moment, but it will work out. So it encourages me. I had a prophecy a long time ago that the ministry, the, the, what was going to happen would be um, settled in the throne room before it happened. And that is 99.999% of what happens I talk to the Lord about what he wants to do, a given thing, and then ask for it. And so I see it. 
And that is the way it works. I ask when I'm seeing someone, what do you want to do here? Then I ask for it and see it happen. This is what Graham's doing. He's sought the Lord. He's crafted a prayer. He's asking for what God wants to do in this situation and he will see it. One of the calls on my life, when I went to one of the prophetic conferences, uh, a lady prophesied over me, one of the early ones, and she said, you're raising up warrior women. And she just kept on saying it, you're raising up warrior women. You know, It's not setting aside the men because you honour them, but you're raising up warrior women. So I said, bring them on. <laughs> so does it stir you to want to take your place? before the throne to petition for God's grace and power to move just at the events that we, we hold here. And the prayer for the warriors to pray for this, I mean, I was nervous when I read that. I, when he said, I invoke the ancient curse, I thought, whoa, you need to know that you're able to do that. Don't think I'm standing in that place. You have to move within the, the, the sphere of your authority, but you want to push it right out. Father, what, what have I got permission for in this? How, how far can I go to ask? Brilliant. So this is our one. Father, we... Sorry. Have a sweep. Father, we bless our warrior king, Jesus, who comes in the name of the Most High God. El Elyon, you'll remember him, that one, who met Melchizedek called him the Most High God, El Elyon, Possessor of Heaven and Earth. You are the ultimate territorial spirit who comes robed in majesty for the way of the warrior conference. We embrace your majesty and acknowledge your name to be faithful, truth, justice, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We proclaim the sounds of your victory over the preparation for this event. We know that you have surrounded those persons coming with an atmosphere resonating in rest and peace. You've placed them in your high tower and are singing lavish songs of latitude and indulgence to each of them. Thank you for the wild anticipation that is building in each of us for the saturation of the Holy Spirit's transformation before, during and after this event. We proclaim new levels of wisdom, creativity, vision, freedom, rest and protection for Graham and the team of Vacaville leaders as they prepare, creating them the energy and stamina of David's mighty men. Collectively, we, your warrior bride, prepare our hearts to respond to you from our place of identity in you and your favour. Our response to your call for the way of the warrior is yes to our place in battle, yes to our bridal identity, yes to your overwhelming courage, yes to your abundant favour. Want some of that? Yep. Then there's a training process that you'll have to embark on, but it's there for you. You get to choose. We need foot soldiers as well as warriors and everything in between. But be assured you are caught up in a global conflict between Satan on the one hand and God on the other. Not that there's any contest. God just loves a good fight. It's the way he's laid it out. But there is a conflict and we're partakers in it if we are in Christ because we are in him and he is the mighty warrior king. So uh, what has this to do with the Beatitudes I ended up saying there? It's all about the kingdom, essentially the king and you. So that 
is what uh, the the Where the Warrior prayer is. And I may say that I intend to get hold of the CDs that come out of that as fast as I can. Because <laughs> the last way of the warrior stuff he did, he's been through a lot of stuff since then. Um, and, um, and, well, it's just brilliant, isn't it? It just knocks what the way we do church and what we've been doing into a cocktail. I mean, it's as different as chalk and cheese. There's no comparison between actually living in the kingdom and doing church from there than there is to what, we, what we've what we called church and done on a Sunday for 2,000 years. Boring. So there's something to aim for. We have to have something. All the while we're aiming for something more in God. All the while he's wanting to enlarge us and stretch us. All the time he wants to take us to a higher place and a higher point in him. Um... And the circumstances and situations that are around our lives are the things that are doing it. That's why we don't want to be too hasty to want to get out of them. We want to grow through them, not just go through them. So, we really have started looking at the King and you. And this study could radically alter your views on what being a Christian is all about. It may be already doing that. Last week I asked you to ask the Lord, uh, am I a flexible wineskin or am I hard and resistant? And I know that one of the ladies here knew immediately before I had finished that she was inflexible, that she was hard and resistant and she didn't actually want to get out of her comfort zone at all. But it came home to her wallop, didn't it? And what she was becoming aware of was the giant remain undisturbed. And you can find out more about him, I think, and his six brothers in the book by Bob Mumford entitled The Agape Road. Uh, anybody got that one? No. Um, young uh, Kate's got it, and she said the Lord kept talking to her about it, and she's gone very quiet since she's got it. There's also a workbook with it, which we might consider doing later on if we can get enough takers on it, because it, it, it'll, it'll peel away the stuff. So you know what I'm like for definitions. A, pl a flexible is pliant, supple, agile, elastic and yielding, able to bend without breaking, able to bend or be bent repeatedly without damage or injury able to change or be changed according to circumstances. Inflexible is brittle, stiff, hard, unbending, firm, rigid, firmly established and impossible to change. Could be talking about the church or two. Stiff and bendable only with difficulty. And that's not kind. From a cursory glance at these meanings, we may place ourselves in the flexible category. As we find out what Jesus considers true flexibility, we may change our minds. A block of clay is unyielding, but with the pressure of wedging it becomes soft, pliable and usable. God takes us, hard, stiff and cold, and begins to work on us. He takes us from one situation to another in order to work flexibility into us. Be square today and round tomorrow. I've got a lovely big wodge of clay that uh, Elaine, bless her heart, staggered in with for me for the next uh, school because I want to give everybody like a cube of clay 
it's proper air drying clay so it shouldn't be too dirty should it you know about these things now um, just do for me if it's too dirty I'll have to put you all outside at the table over there and and just to give them to, to just to, to see how God works we're in the hands of God that's the whole of the, the issue about it and I thought we'd have some clay so she got me this and Paul said in Philippians 4.11 if you want to look it up I have learned to be content in whatever state I find myself not that I speak in regard to need for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content and verse 12 I know how to be abased I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need he's learnt he learnt that by the squeezing that goes on he was started off as a Pharisee of the Pharisees and look what he ended up so we'll look more closely at this whole issue uh, in the school in April where we'll examine what it's like to be in the hands of God um, and to be moulded and to make some sense of the things that happen in our lives real kingdom life is totally other than the life which is lived by the world and indeed the majority of churchgoers it's totally different <clears throat> the problem is this requires killing off <coughs> excuse me, everything in our natural man who just wants a, a quiet normal life what's that? and his needs met in the way that he wants them met it truly is the crucified life his to live, yours to die for by our choices we become kingdom focused not self focused looking outwards and upwards not inwards and downwards having the mind of Christ is imperative for us it will be a lifelong process as God continually renews us in the spirit of our minds so that our lives reflect the image of his son Jesus went from birth to death living our kind of life to give us an example and God's goal is our complete freedom from any bondage to this, this world's system because he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of his glorious light that's Colossians 1.13 he will therefore gently point out any idols in our lives no matter what they are and he doesn't ask our permission to do so it's by the resulting difference in our lives that we're set apart and other than the world so we show unbelievers a totally different way of living and a totally different way of loving we learn not to react in the same way as they do in any given circumstance when we're cursed we bless when we are reviled we do not respond through new insights into ourselves and a new dependence on God we move towards the freedom of kingdom living did you know that it's complete liberty to be freed from the bondage of self that's what Jesus came to set us free from he dealt with sin which is ourselves the old nature it's a real bondage because it is so self-referential you'll find that as you start reading the King and I 
We are meant to be salt and light. That's Matthew 5, 13 to 16. I'm not following any order when I do this. It's just as however the Lord leads to go on any particular day. 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, he says, but if the salt loses its flavour, how shall it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that sits set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they put a light to light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the salt. You are the light. Salt cleanses preserves and flavours. Where we are, we're intended to be making a difference. We're intended to be an influence on the society that surrounds us. If our words and actions do not equate, in other words, if we don't walk what we talk, then our influence is good for nothing. And that is what Jesus is saying. That is you losing your savour, becoming tasteless. You're actually not... Uh, salting or purifying or cleansing anything so we don't have to go too far before we find that yielding and abandonment is top of, of the list and it's the top and bottom of it all really as God challenges us about our thinking our attitudes and our behaviour as he sometimes asks us to yield up the things which are precious to us and he doesn't do this to deny us but so that these things don't hold us in bondage remember we did a little thing of uh, this about 12 months ago I think about how God pushes you through the narrow gate and you can't take anything with you and when it no longer holds you you can have it back so the issue is have you got it or has it got you so you could look ask the Lord Father, is there anything in my life that's actually got me and I haven't got it? People, possessions, houses, gardens, friends, job. All these things are potential sources of bondage to us. You remember the story that Bob Mumford tells about the man and the fishes? Loved these fish tanks, came home every night, looked at his fish tanks. And the Lord said, throw them away. And he said, I rebuke you, devil. Continued looking at his fishes. Lord says throw them away finally realises it's the Lord not the devil so he flushes them down the toilet made Tim wince as did because he's a fish man and flushes them down the toilet and he's just in the middle of putting the tank somewhere safe so that he could use it again and the Lord said what are you doing that for <laughs> he was just sort of keeping a bit back so that when the Lord said he could have them again he could put his fishes back in the tank <laughs> It's like holding your breath to see how long it's going to take you to die, you know. Uh, God, Bob Mumford, he's so funny. It's like, it reminds me of him saying, uh, I fasted for 21 days and all I got was thin. Because <laughs> he was fasting for somebody else's ministry or something. <laughs> uh, so we're confronted with choices and it's all for the good.
but we only have one stab at this and our eternal rewards are being worked out now palaces or mud huts as Roger Price would say we may call what I'm talking about radical because we've never really known what the gospel's all about or how it should be working out in our lives and so it seems radical to us medicine describes radical as intended to remove the source of a disease rather than simply treat the symptoms that sounds about it sums it up nicely the source of our disease is the fall and our resulting self-centeredness believing in Jesus deals at a radical blow from which it is not intended to recover but often we can be like the horse who comes up to the jump and ducks out in a variety of ways rather than do the thing asked of us at the risk of repeating myself God doesn't let us get away with us with it he takes us round the same jump again and again until we finally get it and pop over I was thinking just now do you remember you know flying change that the horse is used to do at one point when a horse is doing a flying change which is changing the leg with which it strikes off so that it, if it has to extend the inside leg doesn't it otherwise it will fall over mm. going round in a circle that inside leg has to be extended so you change them round and they have to do a change of leg and that means all four feet are off the ground at the same time and that's what's happening with the church at the moment it's in transition all four feet are off the ground and we're not sure which foot we're going to strike off with because we've never been there before so we're in a, in a state of transition everything seems to be in a muddle but God knows exactly what he's doing and it's just brilliant because we're flying with sealed orders really brilliant got to walk very close so at the end of the day it's the same old thing everything is for an audience of one it's him, the scriptures tell us, with whom we have to do. It's the king and you, or in my case, the king and I. That's why I keep calling this book the king and I, because it actually is him and me, and how it affects me. So what does this yielding to the divine will look like? You must think, I'm re I've got half a dozen books on the go, and indeed I have. I'm looking at the king and you, I'm looking at uh, the mind of Christ, I'm having a quick go at um, attitudes, I'm reading The Pilgrim's Progress, I'm much enjoying it. I'm reading Out of the Comfort Zone by R.T. Kendall, which says is a, con a summation of everything else that's been absolutely brilliant, wonderful man. And only thing I disagree with him is he's a Calvinist and I can't understand it which means as I understand it the way he's put it that God chooses uh, beforehand who's going to be saved and I thought uh, no if he does that where's his justice because he can't be just and choose he knows but he can't choose we do the choosing and because we do the choosing we find that we are elect because he knew uh, it's like there's a gateway and it says this way to salvation so you walk in and you turn around and it says chosen from before the foundation of the earth uh, he spends a whole chapter on this and I'm thinking where's the justice in that because it would make a nonsense of it well I like you but I don't like you <laughs> uh, no and God is not partial anyway there we are we will all come clear one of these days 
Thank goodness I didn't don't have to do an exposition on Armenianism and Calvinism and all the other isms. So, what does this yielding to the divine will look like? And among other things, <clears throat> I'm dipping into a book on Moses by F. B. Meyer, another very good writer. If you can get hold of anything by Meyer, 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 brilliant. He actually was born in this country and. Um, at Pembury Baptist Church there's a plaque because he must have lived around here somewhere to him um, must have been a Baptist and he speaks of the way that Moses was God's servant totally yielded to his purposes thus the sense of helplessness and nothingness this is what Moses had an absolute assurance of being on God's plan not his own Entire consecration that God may work out his will through heart and life. The daily food of promise. And a daring to act in utter independence of feeling on a faith which reckons absolutely on the faithfulness of God. Again, something to aim at. We must have a goal. At the end of the book where he speaks of God telling Moses to go up to Mount Nebo and die there, he expresses Moses' last few moments like this. It seems as if the Almighty had kissed the soul of his faithful servant, drawing it back to himself in a long, sweet, tender embrace. Love story or what? And of the death of his saints, he says, is this not the manner in which all saints die? He bends over to give the soul its goodnight kiss, as in earliest days the mother had done to the wearied child. That embrace, however, is the threshold, not of a long night of insensibility, but of an awakening in the supernatural light of the everlasting morning. Bring it on, <laughs> Amanda would say. So, we're in a new season in God, and perhaps it is the one spoken of by Derek Prince in 1977, where he says of the charismatic movement, I believe it is just an interval between two waves. One wave has been going out, and another wave is coming in, and in between there's a mess. A churning up, a lot of dirt and mire being churned up, a kind of confusion two forces going in opposite directions. It is not God's ultimate. There is something else coming, which is going to be orderly, disciplined, Christ-honouring, and it's going to promote humility, brotherly love, and each esteeming others better than himself. Sounds like agape to me. Or koinonia, which is our next subject. Uh, so it sounds like this could be that, but look how long ago he said it, 1977. Amazing. It's like Graham, he wrote that book, A Divine Confrontation, in 1999, I think. So here we are, nine years on, and he prophetically declares in that the way, the shape of the church will take and how different it's going to be. And that's another book I've never been able to get into. It's amazing. Never, Just never been able to read it. Dipped into it. Couldn't read it then. 
So it's God's method to seek our cooperation in the execution of his purposes and to fulfill his purposes through us. In the case of Moses, he was called into partnership with the Lord, or koinonia, or communion, call it what you will, but that's what koinonia is, partnership, communion, fellowship, to fulfill God's purposes for Israel. What's he calling you into? Destiny and purpose, there is so much more for us to come into. As I said earlier on, I, was, I am eager to start teaching about warfare. Um, and the Lord has had me start with the bit that was going to sort of finish the notes here for today. If I can change my pages. So. Definition of the kingdom just to finish with the kingdom is eternal it's internal and it's unshakable the kingdom is a totality of persons who at any given time are effectively submitted to the lordship of Jesus you see now why the teaching that God has given in these last two batons and will come with the third one now uh, is so imperative because it's submission that must come before anything else comes. We cannot do our own thing uh, and come into the purposes of God. We've got to be under the executive uh, directorship of the Holy Spirit. As I said earlier on, people are looking at us and to us. And the feedback I'm getting is that people are open to hearing about the Gospel. So God's calling a people who will walk with their head in the clouds and their feet on the ground. Uh, my pastor used to say somewhat scathingly that some people are so heavenly minded they're no earthly good. And I, I don't even suspect it. I know he was talking about me. But I think he was missing it. Because we need to be heavenly minded enough to be some earthly good. If we are not heavenly minded we will not be hearing what God is saying and therefore we will not be any earthly good we will be going out doing good as we see it not as God asks us to do prerequisite walk closely with God to hear him say ask me for this speak to that one as you have opportunity do good so you are salt and you are light and you are influence and we need to walk with openness and freedom before the Lord to be unafraid of what he's going to ask us to give up or to do because perfect love casts out fear the agape perfected in you will cast out every fear every self-protective mechanism that you have so carefully put in place without even realizing it that love perfected in you will get rid of all that stuff and self-protection is one of the biggest hindrances that's exactly what young Jane was the first thing that raised up in her was the giant remain undisturbed when asked about whether we, she was, whether we were flexible or inflexible we do not want to have our little lives shaken or stirred or disturbed in any way and it is that very thing that is worldliness in us because that's the way the world is. They work very hard for their security 
to stop things being broken open and, and changed. But we need to be like an amoeba, you know, that's always it's always on the move, isn't it? Pushing out on one side and contracting on the other. It is an amoeba, isn't it? That thing, that one cell thing, like that. So, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Just as easy as usual. <laughs> <laughs>